أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حيا للصلاة الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده على من لا نبي بعده ولا كتاب بعد كتابه ولا شريعة بعد شريعته ولا أمة بعد أمته أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال تعالى قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رب صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله مسرسبكت دعنا رب العلماء الكرام حفاظ في قرآن برد الزنالدز Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh When we have a cursory glance over the global ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Then we truly have to make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For the favors that we enjoy in this country of South Africa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such insha'Allah That the favors and the bounties with regards to the freedom of religion we have, the access we have to our masajid, building masajid, the staging of our zakat, with such ease and comfort, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq that we maximize on all opportunities that we have. Look at other places around the world. We don't have to go very far. Even in Africa, when Alim came back recently, just before the month of Ramadan, he went again in Ramadan, but talking about just before Ramadan. So he's seen in Somalia, approximately 40 to 50 percent of the population is facing food insecurity. That they don't know whether they're going to have a meal for tomorrow or not. And the prices of food commodities have escalated, skyrocketed, very difficult for them to come out and to make ends meet. We leave the continent, then we go to Al-Aqsa, which is the third most holiest masjid, the best masjid, the third holiest masjid. After Haramain Sharifin is Masjid Al-Aqsa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing the people in that area. But Masjid Al-Aqsa is actually the gauge of the Ummah. If you look through history, then history speaks very loudly with regards to the strategic position of Al-Aqsa as compared to the A'mal of the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was, is happy with the collective A'mal of the Ummah, then the Muslims are in control of Al-Aqsa. And when the general and the collective amal of the ummah is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's when there's turmoil and we lose slowly grip and control of al-Aqsa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was very happy that in the time of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, leading to the time of Umar radiallahu anhu, that eventually al-Aqsa comes into the hands of the Muslims. Umar radiallahu anhu doesn't even have to enter into battle. The People that were controlling the then Jews of the time, obviously different from today when we have Zionists, the then Jews of the time, all they heard is Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar radiallahu is coming. Just the name of Umar radiallahu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had placed such awe in their hearts that they had stood at the entrance and said, when he comes, hat in hand, give him the keys. There's no battle. Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimullah, Prior to his time, the amal of the ummah was very pitiable. It was in a very sad, sad state because of which they lost al-Aqsa. Till today, if a person has to visit, then there is Masjid Marwani. If you're facing the Qibli Masjid, onto the left-hand side, to the bottom is Marwani Masjid. Generally, the Zairin, the visitors, are allowed to go to the bottom and they show you hooks on the bottom of the pillars. Those hooks were used to tie the horses of the crusaders. Certain pillars till today will bear some marks. What are those marks? That is to signal to the ummah that the blood of the ummah reached that height. When the Muslims were slaughtered, that's how much of blood was flowing in the masjid. Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahimullah, Renaissance, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once again happy with the ummah. And again, the Masjid Al-Aqsa is taken back into the control of the Muslims. And then a few centuries or rather few decades later, lost again. So throughout history, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even in Surah Al-Isra, Surah Bani Israel, after discussing Masjid Al-Aqsa, ulama explained the great mu'arrif and historian of recent times, Sayyiduna Abul Hassan Ali al-Nadwi rahimahullah. What does he say? In ahsantum ahsantum li anfusikum wa in asa'tum falaha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining that the gauge of the ummah is al-Aqsa. 
Because after the entire discussion of Al-Aqsa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Ahsantum, if you do good, then it's for your own betterment. Al-Aqsa will remain with you. وَإِنْ أَسَأْتُمْ And if you are otherwise, you are not dutiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Al-Aqsa will be lost. And if we have to look at the general amal of the ummah, there is a lot of room of Him for improvement. A lot of room for improvement. Alhamdulillah, we find ourselves where there are so much of mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descending, cascading on the ummah. This is an opportunity now not only to cry for myself, but to cry for the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have to do some t- stock take and ask ourselves. Throughout the month of Ramadan, we have been hearing about taqwa, Allah consciousness. And how much of this quality is entering into my life? The month of Ramadan very steadily is coming to an end. Very few days left. But we ask ourselves, how much of taqwa and Allah consciousness has come into me? Right at the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses when speaking about the month of Ramadan and fasting. Ya amanu kutiba Alhamdulillah, most of us will be able to even complete that ayat of by heart. But right at the end, la'allakum tattaqoon. What was the objective of this month of Ramadan? A person sends his vehicle in, or maybe he buys a new new vehicle, then comes the day of Eid and everything is shining. The day of Eid, he's even careful how he parks his car. Even if he's going to the Eid car, he doesn't want that car to get dusty. It's not Eid day, the car has to shine. He's careful where he parks. He doesn't even allow the sun to drive. He'll drive. He say, no, you don't have license. But Papa, the other car, you allow me to drive? No, no, not this one. Why? Because this is the new car just taken out now for Eid day. And a person will be very cruel. We've been through that spiritual workshop in the month of Ramadan to knock off all of those dents. Alhamdulillah, Mulana, Shaykh al-Hadith, Mulana Muhammad Zakiriya rahimahullah explains. He says, we generally speak about the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that there are three ashara in the month of Ramadan. The first ashara in the first ten days, they carry the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The middle ten, the forgiveness. And the last ten, emancipation from the fire of Jahannam. And he explains that why does the month of Ramadan have to be portioned into three? Why are there three ashara, as we famously call it? There are three tens. Why is that so? He says there's different people that come into the month of Ramadan. The first group of person, Alhamdulillah, his life, by and large, he is ready for the month of Ramadan. Just a few things. When he comes into the month of Ramadan, the first few droplets of divine mercy, and he will maximize in the month of Ramadan. He's ready to, to move, Alhamdulillah. The second person, He's little bit weighed down with his sins and his guna and his evil and his vice. Because of which first 10 days takes little bit time, the middle 10 days of forgiveness, now he's jolted and he's moving, alhamdulillah, with his amal. And they are certain of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that uh, require that last 10. They require that last 10 days. Why? They are weighed down in a lot of sin in their life. Now comes the last 10 days and Alhamdulillah, Masjid is buzzing. Everyone is in full throttle, Alhamdulillah. But now Allah forgive us from being of that group where the month of Ramadan comes and goes. 
And all we did was prepare for the Eid. Month of Ramadan came and went. The trophy of Ramadan which was divine forgiveness, we've forgotten about that. And already now, this is the last Ashara, where we have to be focused towards the odd nights. Mawlana Yusuf Rahmatullah used to remind us, and he used to say that there are five divine flights taken, taken off, five flights into the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of those flights is a direct flight into the court of Allah. Which one? We don't know. All we need to do is see ourselves on one of those odd nights with amal, with total forgiveness in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in some facility where there is amal taking place. So the five flights, 21st, 23rd, 24th, 27th, 29th, these are the nights. So tonight will be one of the odd nights an opportunity for every one of us that wherever we can spend time, some masjid, here in this musalla, or wherever it may be, but we spend maximum time in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for one of these nights, one of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best which one it would be, which of the odd nights in the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on one occasion according to Sahih al-Bukhari, 21st night was Laylatul Qadr. Just entered into the masjid for i'tikaf. Sahaba radiallahu anhum say that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was shown via a dream that on Laylatul Qadr this year, you will make sajda on water and sand. There will be mud. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the 21st night, there was some rainfall. Nabi sallallahu was making sajda on mud. Sahaba radiallahu anhum seen it. He says Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi only entered his tent of i'tikaf after the Fajr Salah. The whole night was in ibadat. Yet Nabi Sallallahu was masoom, totally every sinless. There was no even sin to forgive. Nabi Sallallahu was sinless. And how much more deserving are we that we spend majority of the night, most of the night. There has to be some difference. Meaning, from from the odd nights to every other night, there should be some difference. Meaning, if there are some people that have to go to work, no problem. But whichever amount of time I know I can manage, inshallah, I can make adjustments. So today is Friday night, Saturday generally I'm not working. So today, inshallah, we burn the midnight oil, the entire night, as much as possible. Person is sickly, he's elderly, he requires some sleep, no problem. But we have to go that extra mile, even if it means sleeping two hours later, or waking up two hours earlier, that we normally would wake up four o'clock. Inshallah, I'll wake up three o'clock. Or if I normally sleep at eleven o'clock, I will sleep at one o'clock. And make some efforts and adjustments. Why? Laylatul Qadr is the night of power. Night of power to transform and to change that person who is the sinner to the friend of Allah. That person who has sins to his account, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this night can forgive insha'Allah all our sins. And we require to find ourselves on the day of Eid without any sin to our record. But the month of Ramadan was la'allakum tattaqun, to gain in consciousness. Why? When the month of Ramadan terminates, what do I need to take out of the month of Ramadan? I need to take Allah consciousness. And this ayah Mulayn Uspadil used to always remind the ummah, that this one message, just engrave this one ayah, and take this one ayat out from the month of Ramadan. 
Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara. This man not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beholds him. Man, don't you know Allah is watching you? When a person knows that the CCTV cameras are working, then he's careful, he's guarded. Because he knows someone is watching me. He has to be careful. And don't we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us? That my every action has to be guided by the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Usman radiallahu anhu one day he did a deal with a person. As he did this deal, in back in the days, to strike a deal, they had to shake hands. Once they shook hands, it means the deal is done and dusted. So Usman radiallahu anhu shook hands with this person, that the deal is concluded. After the transaction, the person turns around, he said, Usman, do you pay me 10,000 silver coins more? Not rands, silver coins of those days would have equated to a lot of money in today's rands. So he says, 10,000 rand more, but we just concluded the deal, we shook hands. He says, deal not done, you pay me 10,000 above that price, then only deal done. Usman radiallahu anhu, very quickly, he pages to Quran and Hadith, and he thinks of what should be his response. And then he eventually he turns and Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu anhu is there. He says, Oh Abdul Rahman, had it not been for this hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I wouldn't have concluded the deal. But my Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Rahimallahu imra'an, sahlan idha ba'a, shahr, sahlan idha shtara. Allah's special mercies on that person who's lenient, who's soft and gentle when he's doing business. When he's selling and he purchases, when he demands and he collects, he's easy, he's soft, he's lenient, he's gentle. He turns around and he says, Oh Abdul Rahman, I want to earn the mercies of Allah. My Muhammad Sallallahu has said this. He turns around, he says, deal done, I'll pay you 10,000 extra also. Not because you asked for it. Not because I'm in need of the item and the commodity, but because I want to earn the mercies of Allah. That is the istihbar that we need to take out of the month of Ramadan. That even if I be talking with my wife, that my Allah is listening to me, exactly how am I speaking? Is my Allah happy the way I'm speaking? How I'm demanding and how I'm requesting? That when I'm in business and I'm doing a transaction, and there is a lucrative deal, but there is some haram element in it. Person says, if you see me right, listen, I can give you this. At that moment, do I look at my financial standing, or do I look at what my Muhammad wasallam said? Or do I realize my Nabi wasallam is, my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me at that moment? That there is a lot to earn, but there's a lot to lose. You lose barakat. Person will strike the deal, you'll get the deal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq. Those qualities of Nabi Sam As-Sadiqul Ameen. That's what invited the people into the deen of Islam. As-Sadiqul Ameen. We have to be truthful to, true to our word when we are doing business. And how will this come? Alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara. But how will this Allah consciousness come? That's why in the month of Ramadan, alhamdulillah, we were given the opportunity to read excessive Quran. Ilawat of Quran. When we read Quran, then it brings and opens up reality to us. When we read Quran Sharif, the reality just opens up to us. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Abu Talha radiallahu anhum, he comes to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is that land, sadaqa fi sabirillah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, okay, but you gave the most priciest of lands, prime property you give in, sadaqa fi sabirillah. 
What has driven you to this? He says, Ya Rasulullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to me. Allah is talking to me. Do I feel when I'm reading Quran that Allah is talking to me? He says, but where is Allah talking to you? He says, fresh revelation just came. I heard about it. And address to the general ummah. Not directed to Abu Talha. Not to Sahaba. Not to the rich. To every person. That you can never reach the pinnacle of piety until you don't spend from that which is beloved to you. He says, oh my Allah, the most beloved land is that land. He's not looking for a land that's depreciating. He's not looking for something that doesn't have value. He's not looking in his shop, dead stock that's not selling and saying zakat. No, he's looking for the best and saying sadaqah fi sabilillah. Why my Allah is addressing me? Open up Quran Sharif and then we'll understand the stark reality of our lives that one day we're going to drop. Kullu nafsin da'iqatul maut. We all are to die. And when we stand in front of Allah, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِي وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِي وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِي That every person will run away from us. Every person. Your father will run away from you. Your mother will run away from you. We'll run away from our own children. Everyone will be running for himself. Nafsi, nafsi. Someone will cling to your kurta. Hey, wait, hold on. Nafsi, nafsi. The only personality will be Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to say, Ya Rabbi, Ummati, Ummati. His cry will be his Ummah. Every other person's cry will be himself. Worried about himself. Now when we read all of this reality, then you see, what am I speaking lies for? Why am I doing wrong? How come I'm committing this haram? I'm going to stand in front of Allah. May Allah is going to question me. What if I don't have enough namaya amal? I don't have enough of good deeds. Then how will I fail in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We all know you, there is a price to every commodity. Whatever you buy, you need the money, then you'll get it. Jannah has a price. There is a price to Jannah. And do we have enough of amal to buy our Jannah and our spot in Jannah? Have we checked? Do we have in my amal? Have I done enough of taraweeh this whole month? No taraweeh has been missed. No fast has been missed. Zakat is up to date. All sin I've made tawbah and istighfar. In the time of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam conclude on this incident that inshallah will give us some himma, some spirit, some steam inshallah that we start you know, for this last moments of Ramadan, we are spirited inshallah. Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah subhanahu in his time there was one youngster. He was the sinner and the biggest of sinners of time. So the people got together, they said, Oh Musa alayhi salam, this person is such a big gunegar, I think so this youngster has to be banished. You talk about the sin, he's involved in it. We need to banish him. So Musa alayhi salam said, the people are getting together, what do I do? So he says, okay. They got together, they addressed the youngster, they said, listen, every sin you have committed, please leave this area. Your sin and the nahusat and the ill of your sin is affecting us. Please leave. So he was banished out of the city. He went out of town. Went lonely in a, some deserted area and he lived by himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation on Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and say, oh Musa, one of my friends has passed away. See to his janazah. Go and see to his coffin, burial services and bury the person, whatever is required. And tell Banu Israel, whoever is a sinner amongst them, 
The mere attendance of his janazah, I guarantee Tawbah and Istighfar for them. If they attend his janazah, hey, they all got together. Subhanallah, let's go. They look in. Musa a.s. is directed to a spot. He sees a body. And then he is preparing the janazah. The people are looking shocked. They say, oh Musa a.s. You told us you're going to one of the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is the friend of Allah? He says, this person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said me to him. He says, you sure? The friend of Allah? This is that same youngster we banished. Can't be him. Perhaps maybe we have heard. Let's check out. Musa alayhi salatu says, Oh my Allah, the people are saying, this is that same sinner, that youngster we banished. How can he be the friend of Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation to Musa alayhi salatu He says, Oh Musa, that same youngster who was the biggest of sinners, when y'all banished him, he was so nadim, so remorseful, regretful of his sins. He knew he was a sinner of note. He knows he's committed everything. But in this last dying moments of his life, he turned to me, O Musa, and he said, Ya Ilahi, Abdum min ibadik. O my Allah, a humble servant of yours. A humble servant of yours. Law alimtu, if I knew, anna adabi yazidu mulkak, wa'afuka anni yanqusu mulkak, if I knew, O my Allah, that you punishing me will increase in your grandeur, or you forgiving me will decrease your grandeur, I would have never ever asked for tawbah and istighfar. But O my Allah, you send revelation to us, anni ana al-ghafoorur rahim, that you are the most forgiving. Ya Allah, I implore you via that quality of you being al-ghafoorur rahim, forgive me and he passed away. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, oh Musa, he is my friend. Tell Banu Israel, anyone attending his janazah, I'll forgive them. And where are we? At the moment in this last 10 days, we're standing under a waterfall of divine mercies and forgiveness cascading upon us. What we require, the heart just has to turn to Allah. Don't get scared of becoming pious. Some people are worried, what if I become pious then? No, turn that heart to Allah. Turn the heart to Allah. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, make me. Ya Allah, forgive me and make me your friend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us insha'Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when the, when the person who committed sin turns to Allah. Allah loves that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq insha'Allah. Maximize on these last opportunities that we have in the month of Ramadan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala secure all of our forgiveness insha'Allah. And the forgiveness of the entire ummah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhir dawana alhamdulillah.